Holy Remote Control Robots. This is Flight Check Season 2, Episode 3. We're back once again talking FlyQuest in every single possible capacity. We're hyped to bring you yet another episode of high quality content. Uh, speaking of highs, there were no highs uh, this week. Bit of a downer week overall uh, for FlyQuest League of Legends fans. And we, 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 got, the, we got the dub for Kadoran. Yeah, we, okay, we got that. Uh, an, but also an, an O2 in lock-in and an O4 start in Academy. But hey, that means there is lots to take away and discuss, and I think we've got some good topics to cover on tonight's show. My name is Sandy Toes, and to my left and my extra left are my fellow hosts, Nox War and Curly Double Q. Nox, a uh, bit of a rough FlyQuest week, but uh, I, what I really want to know is what's the spiciest thing you've heard so far in some of these, uh, you know, uh, comms you've been refing? <laughs> oh, in the comms I've been refing? <laughs> oh, hold on. Mm. Um... I think you okay, mentioned so, something in our Discord about uh, BMing a volley bear pick or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so funnily, and this match is still going on, by the way. <laughs> um, no, no team is playing Radiance, or actually now Dignitas Radiance. I don't know if you guys saw that. In yes, action, did see that. Them up. Um, so I was listening to the comms of no team, and basically after the game ended, they were just roasting the crap out of the volley bear pick. Like, this guy's a fucking idiot. Like, why would you ever pick this into your neck? So on. They just kept going and going and going, and I was just like, oh my god. It was pretty spicy. I, I, I loved it that a lot. Is, uh, that is definitely some spice curly. No, don't go spreading that anywhere, though, either. I'm no, no, not... don't worry. We just uh, broadcast it on the internet for all to hear. Um, it's a good thing we're not huge. It's fine. Yeah, Curly, I think you are uh, muted, my friend. Uh, oh, yeah, you were definitely muted. Damn, I muted it myself so my keyboard, like, wouldn't be loud, and then well, I forgot to hey, mute myself. That's what All right, What I was going to say, Curly, was uh, were you, uh, did you have any spicy uh, solo queue experiences this past week? Woo! Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. And this could, be, this could be League or Valorant. I mean, you know. Well, so actually, just today, I don't know if you saw on my Twitter between the show and my stream today, but like I after dinner, I had a uh, I had one more ranked match that I played just because just to kill some time. I was on Nami, and I was like, <clears throat> I died a few times because I got caught out in few, uh, like some weird situations against a Yumi uh, Jinx combo. But my Zeri was like getting a lot of CS. But then it gets to like late game. And I saw that my Mundo was 0-6 against Anasis. And, like, <laughs> we just... This Nasus was unkillable for a long time. Um, and, like, late game, straight up unkillable. Like, I, you could get all of us attacking him at once, but the Yumi would sit on him, and I desperately disconnected. Nope, Son of you a, did not. Oh. I Something just froze. Weird. Okay, Twitch We're just good. froze. We're good. But, Keep going. Okay, but anyway... Now here's the kicker, right? By the like end of the match, it's like forty plus minutes or whatever. It's twenty-two kills on the Nasus, probably no more than three deaths. But for some reason, they've made no headway on our base, even with Baron and full um, Mountain Drake. But we have their side inhibs down, and they're on one Nexus turret. And even with three of us down, the Echo just TPs to a wave crashing topside, and we win. 
while they're busy 5v1ing my Zeri. We should not have won that. Thank God for bronze macro. <laughs> so that was my spicy experience of the last week. And then we've got Noxwar just chilling here. He's the only one that can move. Noxwar's the, uh, at least we can hear. You know, audio is really all you need. Uh, for, a for, for a podcast anyway i just love the face that i'm frozen on and you you just look very hmm. yeah 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 that's great. you both are like super focused and i'm just like yeah. it's almost like i'm you guys are frozen in time and i can just do whatever i want yeah, you're, just, you're just going uh well we'll keep on rolling with the show and we'll get the cameras fixed uh luckily look you, you all you need to do is hear what we're talking about you don't need to see us while we're doing it yeah. uh quick reminder uh, we usually do not call out subs on the show just to keep that discussion flow going, but we will read them off at the end. We've got some fancy sub badges for you with different iterations of the Flight Check logo. Very thankful for all the support shown to us. And if you can't catch all of the show uh, tonight, the VOD will be available here and on YouTube on our channel, Flight Check Podcast. And the audio version will be on your favorite listening platforms as well. So... Uh, let's get into the weekend's action. Uh, before we get to the FlyQuest Team Liquid matchup, uh, Curly, I believe uh, there was one other fan podcast uh, out there this weekend that also suffered an 0-2 defeat, except this one was a bit more surprising. What can you tell me about 100 Thieves versus Dignitas? What happened there? Oh, wow. What can I tell you about 100 Thieves uh, versus Dugantos? Well, not nearly as much as Cole and Jordan are going to be telling you in about an uh, hour and a half, two hours. <laughs> but uh, what I can tell you is I was very, very surprised when I tuned in. And I was, like, watching. Like, I saw the score 0-1 on 100 Thieves. I was like, what is this? And then I watched the second match, and I was like, what is this? Because let me tell you, 100 Thieves... Just from what I watched in that second match, they didn't look like the 100 Thieves that we faced, because even though they looked weaker than when we beat them, and a lot less coordinated, um, Abadaka did not look the best, surprisingly so. Hmm. And like overall, it, it was very strange. And Dignitas, this team that we, I personally have not expected to get much, um, was able to just run with it, abuse those weak points, and just really ultimately play better league yeah uh so i don't know what's going on behind the scenes i don't know it like what was going on in the comms beforehand but i hundred thieves got a lot of fixing to do and uh like i said colin jordan later tonight will definitely be going more in depth than i was just able to because uh you know they're all about 100 thieves here we've got to focus on fly quest focus on FlyQuest and also apparently on my uh, Spotify homepage. Uh, Nox. Hey, that's a good band, though. <laughs> it, it is, it is. Uh, Nox, uh, so a couple other matchups this weekend. So we had Cloud9 CLG and uh, EG versus Golden Guardians. Uh, I mean, what were your takeaways from those? I mean, the EG one, I think especially, bit of a smash overall. Uh, yeah, da Danny is cracked. Um <laughs> There's no other way to put that, basically. As well as Inspired. They're both just absolutely insane. Um, Jojo Pian still needs to improve in some areas, but he's more than enough to handle his own self. Like, throughout the game, he's fine. Um, but over time, as he continues to get better, this this guy, this kid's going to be scary, right? So, just e EG, you're just... 
they're, they're the whole package right now. It's Impact and the Zoomers, and the Zoomers are pulling him to victory. <laughs> um, so this EG team is going to be very, very fun to watch. Uh, I mean, against Golden Guardians, because, yeah, Golden Guardians, there really wasn't much outside of Ryola. Ryola was kind of a bright spot, honestly. Like, I was pretty happy with how he played, but outside mm-hmm. of that, I didn't really have anything to note for Golden Guardians. Um, I did not, unfortunately, get to watch C9 versus CLG. Uh, I did, however, predict the, predict the correct uh, scoreline. Oh. I did say CLG would take a game off of them. And uh, you know what? Good for them. I think, honestly, over the, the course of the sp- split, they're probably going to ramp up a little more, and they'll be a legitimate threat contending for sixth place, I think. I have to say, I completely missed that FlyQuest Pickums were back on for lock-in tournament. Yeah, I noticed that, Sandy. And, where, where are you at? And I, I completely missed doing every single one. I don't know how that happened. Uh, rest assured, once the regular season starts, I will be back at it. I mean, I could do it for semifinals and finals, but it just feels like I'm, you know, I would be trying to catch up to an unattainable goal so we'll see if i submit any <laughs> predictions this weekend so by default you're in last place for the flight check pickups and you can't yeah. be in last place if you never entered to begin with uh you know so i think it's between the two of you uh that's my logic there all right well let's get to the uh the gist of the matter FlyQuest team liquid uh the quarterfinal review game one uh, this game was about, this was what, like a 30-minute game, I would say. Um, and starting with uh, the comps, actually starting with a, a couple different things, uh, we're on red side, and yeah. the big thing for this game, Bradley uh, subbed in for Bwipo, and it's the long-foretold Hansama core JJ bot lane that everyone has been kind of worried about. And, in my opinion, and we'll get to this later, they absolutely smashed this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was frankly disgusting. Uh, But we'll go through kind of picks and bans real quick. I've got them here. Uh, They take Corky first. We get Jinx, Lee Sin, and the Orianna. So we already are saying like, all right, we're going to go for some scaling. With a little bit of looking for early opportunities. We like seeing Jose on the lease in. We know that's a good champ for him. It's not the Zin Zhao. <laughs> um, you know, I feel better about him on lease in. Uh, and then in ba- in the second phase of bans, you know, we hard target uh, Hans uh, with Aphelios and Varus bans to take those away from the Thresh. He goes for the Callista. Uh, and they give Bradley the blind pick Akali, and we take Scion into it. Uh, and we also got Rakan for Aphromu. And that basically rounds it out. So a scaling bot lane and mid lane. Uh, I mean, would you call Scion like a weak side top? Or yeah, I would. In, in this case, mm-hmm. yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. so you've got a weak side top, scaling bot and mid, and then you've got the lease in to kind of look for some early plays get that scaling a little bit of a jump start something like that um i've got a lot of notes uh on these games yeah i also have a lot of notes excellent we should compare notes and you know what that's (laughs) that's actually why we have this show to compare notes 
on these games. Let's start. I want to hear your notes, actually, Knox. Like, what were some things that really stood out to you uh, in this match? So I, I really want to hit the pick and ban phase first. Really, yeah. Let's yeah. Um, let's just do it because a lot a lot of this I felt came down to pick and ban. Don't get me wrong; there were a lot of uh, errors made in the game itself, but I yeah. think we really just kind of got kicked a little bit in draft. And so um, our, our bands were fine. Um, I was not happy with the uh, red side R2 Lee Sin pick when you pick Jinx uh, R1. Reason being is I I really, really think Jinx and like Aphelios, both of those carries have to be paired with a Thresh. They have to be. Um, if you're letting the Thresh go through, which it ended up being picked up by Core JJ to deny it from us, uh, it just doesn't give Johnson a lot of options to get into the fight and then get out safely. Right? Mm-hmm. So I was not happy with the fact that the Lee Sin was picked. Because the thing is, Grant, like, if Santorin ends up pick, picking the Lee Sin, then we go on to Zin Zhao. And I know we're not huge fans of the Zin Zhao, but like, <laughs> honestly, like... It's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick right now. I'd rather deal with having the, uh, the Zin Zhao than handing over the Thresh to Core JJ, right? So that kind of really hurt me a lot, was seeing mm-hmm. us, like not prioritize a thresh when I think it's like very, very vital to have with the Jinx. Granted, I'm not a professional analyst or anything, but that's just my opinion. I think you have to have those two pairs together. Um, Oriana into the Corky felt really meh, especially when we had Victor still up. Victor is super strong in the meta. Uh, just overall, like I think that should have been a higher priority than Oriana of all things. I mean, I get it kind of works with the Lee Sin hopping in, but that's about all you had really, and the Rakan too, but I just, I didn't really see what you're going to be able to do with that. I would have rather have seen um, either a, uh, a, a Silas or a Syndra, because there are plenty of ults to take that uh, Silas can work well with. So overall, the Oriana was kind of met, and then I was really not happy with their con pick, because I really do think that should have been a Thresh. And into Team Liquid's team comp, it just, like, it kind of goes in and just dies, right? And we saw that a couple times. Like, we did. Um, <laughs> And on top of that, the thing is, like, you have to look at the bot lane itself during the lane phase with Jinx. Um, if you have a con Jinx bot lane, you're just asking yourself to get picked apart. And Hansama, sure enough, was like, ha! Okay, we got Thresh Callista. Oh, this lane's done. And literally, Johnson was down, what, 30 CS by, like, 10 minutes in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong, Johnson stabilized at that point at the 10-minute mark, which is great, but, like, at that point, he was like 1.2 or 1.4k gold down. That is an absurd amount of gold to be down at that point. Well, um, yeah, I mean, the big problem I saw was that throughout the game, they were really funneling as much gold as they could to Hansama. For uh, sure. <clears throat> he got the first plate in bot lane, and then they dropped Harold right around the 12-minute mark. They drop Harold, all the gold gets funneled to Hans. They're accelerating him. They're looking to play around that Callista. Um, and they did it very well. I mean, credit to TL for doing it. Um, but, I mean, the the big issue is that, like, so, like, at three... I've got it here at, like, the 350 mark, um, the first blood on Afro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, was... This was something that, like, really... Didn't, like, make me mad, but it, like, really annoyed me because... There was, they're in uh, red side. In Fly's so, jungle. Yeah, they're in Fly's jungle on on bot side. On so on, they're on red side, bot side jungle. There is a ward in the bush that Afro can see over the wall, 
and he should be able to see that there's at least two of them and probably a third. And he keeps walking into it, into that three-man group, even though uh, Johnson is too far away to do anything and Takui hasn't come down from mid lane uh, close enough yet, and he just walks in, gets blown up. And Hans gets yeah. the kill, and that's also first blood. Huge lead for Hans, and he just takes that, presses the gas, and he just goes. Uh, and that's what Hansama does with this Callista. Like, yeah. I was talking about it in my stream earlier. When I was watching LEC last year, particularly during summer, I think is when he pulled it out most. Hansama is a beast on this Callista, and I've always felt Callista is kind of a... Not a weaker ADC, but you have to know exactly what you want to do with her if you're going to get powerful leads. You know, it's one of those where it's a high skill floor, but it pays off real well if you utilize it. And Hansama is the type of ADC that can use it. And I don't know if the analysts just didn't pick this up when they were researching TL, if they just didn't have enough time. They don't know Hansama's history that well. But personally, when I saw the Varus ban over the Callista, I didn't like that because even though he's decent on Varus, like I said, every time I saw him on Callista, he is a beast. Um, <clears throat> and then I also, while we're back to the bans, don't like that we let Corky through. Uh, because you should just expect that's going to be first picked by blue side. Yeah, Bjerg, Corky. I will say, um, so far in spring, there have only been uh, six picks of Callista. And... Uh, so and four bands. So right now across in North America or across all across regions? all regions. Okay. Um. So it's just not well known. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I would say it's not something that Fly would have probably had foresight on. It's just right. So yeah. So that that's why recognize there was a good matchup. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. Less of like, oh, why didn't we ban this Callista? And more of like, I guess we just didn't really expect them to go for it. For sure. Um, for me, it's something like. Fly probably shouldn't have opened because I mean, if you think like ignore what TL's bot lane is, no matter what, just look at Jinx Rakan. Yeah, that's not mm -hmm. a strong lane matchup, no matter how you look at it. No. Well, so, and if and if I you're gonna ban out bot laners in red, you know, in the second ban phase, and you ban out the Aphelios and you ban out the Varus, the Jinx is already taken. Uh, the Caitlyn and the Ziggs are were banned long ago. There's not a lot of options left for Hans to take. Um, and the Callista is just a classic counterpart to the Thresh. Um, so maybe less tunneling on bot lane bands there is a remedy. But I think that's just like second guessing a little bit too hard. Um, For sure. Did you have any other notes on bands there or picks and bands there, Knox? Or did you um, the only that? other thing I was going to say was um, I, I, I was asking around a little bit and just like seeing what people thought of the Scion up top. And from my understanding is it actually does pretty well into the Akali. It holds its ground pretty well and just is solid, which so overall I'm okay with it. Um, I was also talking to Curly a little bit earlier today. I was like <laughs> shaking, yeah. vigorously shaking his head. No, <laughs> I, I have thoughts on this one. Yeah. And, so I, because I was also wondering, was like, are there better picks than this? So, and I was like, well, I mean, you're already kind of scaling a little bit. Like, what about the Orn? And I'm, uh, I asked around for some people, but people didn't really know how the Orn and the colleague matchup goes. So I don't really know on that one to be honest. Um, but I think Orn may have been another option. Um, 
overall, I think I was okay with it. He looked like he held himself in lane. Uh, I will say his actual team fighting with it was abysmal. But we and that's that my it. fundamental issue with the, with the pick. Yeah, and I, I I definitely wanted to get into some of those scion engages. Um, or I think scion disengages. Disengages. Uh, there was a scion disengage actually. There were two. <laughs> there um, were two. Uh, I'm actually thinking of the one he. Uh, it's like toward almost to 20 minutes and uh <laughs> like hans is just like mm -hmm. uh, slamming him with callista spears and he literally just ults back to his uh in he his does it again later turret. yeah it, i was just kind of like hmm was that necessary or could you have just walked out of here anyway uh so early game is rough uh, you know by five minutes we're already behind uh they got the first blood jose can't farm his jungle uh, Santorin basically pushes him out of his own jungle, uh, clears it for him, uh, and they just got, they got bot lane prio, they got top lane prio, so they get Ocean Drake and First Herald, um, and then and things- then mid, And mid was even, basically. Yeah, and then things, like, start, like, we're still down, but it, they're not, like, running away with it. Um, we end up getting- uh, a kill uh, around the 10 minute mark, uh, 930, 940, I think. Yeah, we pick Core JJ in their jungle. Pick Core J in their jungle bot side. No Team Liquid members close enough to help. Uh, Takui gets the kill. Jose and Afro are there. And then at 1035, uh, Kumo actually comes decently close to getting a solo kill on the Akali. Um, mm. He's even in lane. Uh, he picked up a plate. I think Bradley had one or two plates. Uh, in return, so they're not like there's no real clear advantage there, I would say. Um, and then things get uh, out of hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, Knox, I don't know if you have any notes on kind of like minutes 10 through minutes 10 through 15, but things start getting a little um. rough in terms of them pulling away, I would say. So the, the one main note that I really had was uh, Jose started sacrificing some of his tempo plays around his jungle clears a little bit to try and, like, get certain objectives like the Drake, which, I mean, the team knows they're down at this point, right? And mm -hmm. so I'm okay with, like, sacrificing certain plays around the map to go and get other plays that are probably more beneficial for the rest of your team rather than yourself. You can't really play too selfishly at this point. Um, but you could tell it started, like, kind of stack a little bit. Like, so... <clears throat> Jose's jungle timings were a little bit off because he went to go for the Drake, which in turn allowed TL to start making moves around other parts of the jungle. And you could tell, like, Fly was having to react to it little by little by little. And so Fly started getting small, not even small, like, they got, like, the Drake objective, for instance, right? But you could tell over time, TL was, like, pushing him little by little, like, you're going to mess up, you're going to mess up. And eventually uh, what ends up happening is that Fly doesn't really have anything else to do around the map. Teal has like three lanes that are getting pressure outside of bot. And so Fly goes, all right, let's go cheese and bot. And that's mm. where the beard pick comes in. And we can talk about that here in a second. But that's kind of where things started to go downhill real fast. So, See, before, yeah. Before that, though, I think one small misplay that happened earlier <clears throat> is, um, I think it was before we were able to get that Drake. No, no, we get that Drake after the weird beard play, which I feel, which is confusing to me because I don't think we should have gotten it, right? 
the, we got the, the infernal drake. drake yeah we got the infernal drake i don't remember when that happens but what i also know is we were able to scare them off of herald earlier right mm -hmm. and so you know how you're talking about how scion was able to also almost 1v1 the akali right and um so jose Diodo gets the rift herald kumo is pushed up and we know that he can 1v1 and i personally feel like with um jose Diodo's lee sin they wanted to die they could and this turret was at kill percent like for mm -hmm. a herald if you drop shelly immediately so in my brain the play right there because bot side's weak mid is even top is your best bet to get an advantage should have instantly rotated there and we just don't and then he just kind of gets those awkward camp timings like you're saying because he's trying to prevent like he's trying to patch holes in the ship rather than spearhead the one point they might have. And I think that's something that ultimately comes down to bite us in the butt because it doesn't abuse Bradley early enough and it allows him time to recover. It allows TL to make a lot of moves elsewhere and we don't get that advantage that we could have had. It doesn't relieve any pressure anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally agree. I think one issue that I think we saw consistently... Uh, was the, I mean, the Corky for me was a huge problem because Bjerg just consistently put out so much poke um, mm -hmm. that, and was able to just do so much damage um, without, you know, really getting punished for it or hurt or anything, really. Uh, there just wasn't, there weren't opportunities uh, to take advantage of. Um, you know, like we got, like, like we said, we found Core JJ in his own jungle and got the kill. It didn't really turn into anything. It's a kill. That's great. But, you know, you're not then turning that into, oh, now we're going to look to take drag. Oh, we're going to, you know, look for XYZ. So, um, yeah. But so by minute 15, we were down about 2K. Did not get a lot of plates. TL got first blood and Harold into first turret, and that money basically all went to Hansama. Uh, and I think by 15, he had, he definitely had his mythic. Um, and then... Really early. It was like, it was even sooner than that. It was like 13. It yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was fast. So, uh, looking ahead, 1730, I timestamped a lot of these observations so that if you want to go back and look at the game and see what we're talking about, you can. Because uh, I know people have uh, asked about that. Um, TL is taking Chemtech Drake. Uh, rip in peace, by the way. Uh, rip, in, right. rip in pieces, uh, Chemtech Drake. Um, Bjerg is kind of like... Bjerg is doing this weird thing where he's like... He's at the bot tier one turret, but also kind of in the fog of war, and he's like kind of like hovering like behind the wall a little bit, and like kind of like playing peekaboo somewhat. And we engage on him. Uh, Afro goes in with the Rakan. Bjerg Valkyries away. So I don't know if you want, but I have a screenshot in our uh, personal chat, Sandy, that you can show on stream real fast if you want. Uh, I could do that. The only problem is we would lose the cameras for a moment. Hang on a moment. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. right. I, I thought, I, if you want, because I was just going to say this screenshot is so interesting. Because I don't know if like we lost, like if he just never clipped Bjerg or like 
Yeah, you can kind of see right now on my camera a little bit right there, but hopefully Sandy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll trippy to watch. <laughs> like, it's I'll have just, this up in a moment. Uh, it is pixels off. It is just pixels off. I think so. For me, I, I think Afro just straight up missed his flash ult onto the earth. Well, I remember the cast was talking about it uh, when it happened, and it was just like, uh, I don't think he got it in time. It was like well, I'm looking. Here's at another it. thing. When I was watching the VOD, he was sitting in the bush for like a second and a half after the alt started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he wasted like the first moments of his alt just sitting there. Yeah. So you can see kind of there how close this really was, which is actually nutty. Um, I'll take that down now so we can get back to our beautiful faces. Um, so... Uh, really close, and then from there, the three fine folks who were at the Chemtech Drake, uh, they peel off of it, they come down river, Bradley TPs in, uh, behind us, and all of a sudden we've got a five on three, and we lose two for nothing, and they just walk back to Chemtech Drake and take it. Um, and so they have two dragons at that point. And then, yeah, things just kind of, like, uh, continue to deteriorate from that point. Um, so, uh, I do want to say, really yeah, fast, go ahead. if that play works, so, mm-hmm. imagine Afro actually does hit the cliff with his ult, right? Yurg is charmed. Kui is right there. Lee Sin is right there. He's dead. Assuming, yeah, he, he, should just, he should just be dead. So, at that point, it's a 3v4 if Bradley decides to TP in. If not, it's a 3v3. And if Bradley does decide to TP in, Kumo also has his ult with a FlyQuest control ward in that bottom little bush in the river. Like, he can immediately just TP in, and it's a back to a 4v4. I don't know how that 4v4 plays out, because you probably just burned a fair amount of cooldowns trying to kill Bjerg, but at least it's even at that point, right? Yeah, you have to at least argue that, hey, it's a better (laughs) chance than they had with a 5-on-3, so... So... Yeah, in which case, you're already down at that point. You know you're down at that point. you got to make these desperate plays. And sometimes, if these desperate plays pay off, you got extra stuff coming afterwards where you're still at a disadvantage. So, if anything, I still respect the play at the end of the day. I think, honestly, it was the right call. It just didn't pan out just yeah. because Afro missed. Yeah. Personally, I'm not the biggest fan of it, especially after I watched it today, because I saw it go down on uh, Saturday. Saturday. And it was like, yeah, and it was like, hmm, okay. That was upsetting. It could have been something. And then I watched today and I saw the positioning because, like, you got Scion and Bradley. <clears throat> you got Kumo and Bradley up top. Both have TPs. Um, and then you, and Kumo just never once uses TP. He just holds on to it. So um, even if this works out, I don't know if he would have been ready to TP. And then it l- looks like Johnson is rotating from the mid lane down to the river. But you don't want your ADC to be alone where the bot lane and jungler are in the river waiting for you so positioning wise no matter how this plays out i think FlyQuest loses in the long run it's just if we get a tp and a better and we get the charm off we might get two or three kills if we're lucky before we ultimately mm-hmm. fail the fight yeah uh yeah so rough fight not a good time uh and then now we're going to get into a moment that was very painful for me to watch. Um, Jose? N- so, 
Yes, that whole fight. So it's around 21 minutes, Team Liquid sieging mid, lots of poke that we can't really do anything about. Uh, the Corky, even the Callista, really, um, mm -hmm. poking out. Uh, Core catches Jose with the Thresh Hook. Uh, instantly dead. He just gets blown up. Um, Kumo, uh, God bless his soul, teleports in from TL's Raptor Camp. So he teleports to TL's Raptor Camp. Charges up the Scion ulti and goes through the field goalposts. And if you don't understand what I mean by goes through the field goalposts, <laughs> he proceeds to not hit anyone. No one is there, by the way, when Kumo, uh, you know, uh, Johnson and Afro aren't really there at the fight yet. Uh, Tukui is in the middle of his teleport to our mid lane turret. So it's a completely uncoordinated engage. Mm -hmm. I understand the call of like, oh yeah, Kumo TP in, but he went too early. I, and I think that's pretty clear to see. He went too early. Yeah. Tukui's not there. Johnson and Afro are not there. Um, we were not ready for that fight. Uh, the fight goes on. Kumo dies. He does get a zombie kill, you know, while he's in his passives going off, uh, back on Santorin. But the rest of them have to run. And Bradley ends up chasing down Johnson. So it's a three for one. Meanwhile, Hans just pushes down our mid turret and gets more gold. Uh, and this is kind of one of something I wanted to talk about just in general because we could keep going about this game, but I mean, at this point, the game's pretty much, like, over. And, and like, and when I was re-watching it, I was like, alright, well, this is the moment where it's like, okay, Hans is way ahead, we we can't really engage anymore because of the quirky poke and whatnot. Um, and there were, not only this time, but there were a couple other times where engages and our timings and coordinations were just very off and it reminded me of the interview that afro did on broadcast uh after the second set of games the week before when we won both our games when we beat 100 thieves uh and then we beat uh golden guardians uh academy and how he had talked about how the day before, or the Friday, uh, their timings were off, their coordination was off, and they just, you know, they were just much better about it that day. Felt like we went back to... That's exactly The, the problems that we saw on Friday. Um, where just the timing is off, you know, the, the calls are coming in for... Hey, TP in, engage, and just no one's there. And so then someone else dies. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, it's like um, the the gif or the meme uh, from Community where, you know, Troy comes in holding uh, the pizza or whatever. The pizza box. And, <laughs> and he walks in and, and, like, everything's on fire and a mess. And it's like, and that's like, that's Tukui TPing into you know, mid, you know, there uh, after Kimo yeah. has come in. And, like... <laughs> it's just 
it, it what's frustrating about it for me because like this happens a couple other times uh mm-hmm. you know at the final team fight of the game uh afro come you know John, jose actually got an insane it was actually insane because he leeson cues a minion mm-hmm. goes to it and then mm-hmm. i think he i don't remember if he flashed or then like ward hopped behind hans and then kicks hans mm-hmm. but then of course hans stopwatches core gets him out you know it's whatever i mean mechanically it was brilliant we just didn't have the damage to finish off hans Afro then comes in from behind. Uh, He's coming up from mid-river. But he's a little late on that. But he's late, and Johnson, at that fight, this is the game-ending fight, he's already at half health from Poke, from Purkson. So he can't even come in and start doing damage because the Corky will just blow him up. So Afro kind of dies for nothing. Bradley and Bjerg then, like, eviscerate the back line, and it's GG from there. And so, mm-hmm. and like I get at that point in the game, you're behind and you kind of need to make an engage. But even so, you still need to make an engage that like connects and is on time and you at least like do something instead of people just like going in one by one and mm-hmm. then just dying for nothing. So that's my, weird... that's my little like timing engages coordination rant. I'll let you guys, you know, have your have your piece now if you want. You know what I want to go on? <clears throat> and this is something that happens in both games. Um, FlyQuest's alt usage mm. was not effective. Um, mm. The Scion ults... <clears throat> so, like, when I when I broke down that fight in my stream today, um, number one, because of Afromu being late, because he... W- for some reason, he gets two hits on a control ward in the river, which delays him. If he doesn't do those hits, I think he gets there in time to be in the thick of it, get some knockouts, get some charms off, sway the fight a little bit. For some reason, and like, so in the chaos of that uh, kick, Takui's um, shockwave is used, and I don't know where it is. Um, and then somewhere, Johnson used his rocket. And now here's the thing. Um, fun fact about Jinx Rocket, which I mentioned earlier, is the core, the two things to actually get real damage out of that is missing HP and long distance travel. Now, obviously, he's too close to get the maximum distance, so you want at least some low health bars. Most people, aside from the Golden Hansama, are at full HP. So the only one you can get that 35% uh, missing health to actually be useful is untargetable. So wherever he used his ult, useless and then kumo just doesn't ult until he has to run away whereas personally i think the moment that hans is out of golden would have been the time to try and turn around use that scion ult, get some uh cc laid down so that then maybe aframu even though he's late can continue that chain we can try to unload more damage like it's just very ineffective ult usage all around from hmm. fly press you know Aside from the kick from Jose Diego. Yeah. All right, Knox. I mean, what do you got? How are you feeling about all that? So I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been like rewatching the fight over and over while you guys have been talking. Um, <laughs> so I, for so for both fights, uh, I think my biggest issue um, I had with the fights um, was mainly Kumo's smash. Um, there is. Two abilities on all of, sorry, three abilities on all of uh, TL's top 
that can interrupt that smash. Um, one is Santorin's Q, which takes a moment to charge up, and you can absolutely get your cast off in time, or you can cut it short before he gets a chance to do so. Two is Hansama's ult, which, okay, if you're getting ulted by Hansama's ult onto a tank like him, that's worth it. And then, oh, four abilities, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting that there's four, or there's two on Thresh. But basically, there were three separate times this game where Kuma was charging up the smash, and then Kor just flayed him. And that was it. That was probably, like, my biggest thing I had over and over and over again. I actually don't mind his ult so much. It's kind of frustrating that he wasn't able to land any of them, but more than anything, they were just kind of used to get himself into the fight. Could they be more effective? Yes, absolutely. But I, I didn't have a huge issue with the actual choice of using them. Um, yeah, the smash thing was probably what killed me the most over and over again. On top of the fact that Takui also missed... I think it was two very crucial ultimates this fight. Oh, he missed, yeah, he missed a couple. Yeah, yeah so uh, I was getting very big Palafox vibes from last year. Um, it's very frustrating. If you're going to pick an Orianna, you have to land your ults. Simple as that. I mean, here's but the thing. Are... He does land them a good amount of the time. It's just not today. Or... It was just not that was... day, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he just he did not land his Orianna ults. It's very crucial if you're going to be picking Orianna that you have to hit your ult. Because everything else in that kit for Orianna. Don't get me wrong, it's useful, but like your big thing is that ultimate. So if you're not gonna be landing your ultimates in two crucial team fights, yeah, it's it, it doesn't really matter all that much. Mm -hmm. Um th those are kind of my main things or basically Takui missing his ults and then Kumo burning his smashes in front of Core JJ who just played him away without any issue at all. Um the only other thing I wanted to highlight for this game was the Drake setup on the very last Drake, or uh, sorry, not the last Drake, um, the fourth Drake, so TL's third, the fourth mm -hmm. overall. Um, there is a brief period of time where there's about 35 to 40 seconds before the Drake is spawning, and FlyQuest actually has control of the river. Mm -hmm. And so, as far as I'm aware, um, there's not really any reason why Fly gives this up. I kind of just see Afro and Johnson kind of move their way up into their side of the red jungle, and they kind of let TL just sneak back in. Yeah. And I'm just like, guys, you you can't be giving away with that access. Because then you're already fighting from a disadvantage from TL who owns the river at that point, mm. and they're just going to control the drake. You, you have to come to them for the fight, and it's far easier to make the fight work for you when they come to you. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my one thing. And they kind of do it in the second game too, a little bit is their, their river control and Drake setups. They, they kind of let it lapse sometimes. So I'm hoping coaching kind of goes over that a little bit and says, Hey, when you guys have this, you look at your timers, you need to ha make sure you keep control of this area. So that way the team comes to you. Um, mm -hmm. we'll get into it in the second game, but there's one, there's like an actual, like I'll, I'll, I'll screenshot and I'll send it to you. There's a little thing where I'm like, Takui goes for a wave, and I'm like, should he or should he not go for this wave? And I want you guys to look at it and tell me what you think, okay? But when we, we'll, we'll go over it when we get there. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, seem to have lost the cameras again. Don't know what's going on. But we'll Damn, just, uh... but look at that face I'm making. I've yeah. noticed you've been doing some, uh, some interesting editing. <laughs> what's, what's that all about, bud? Uh, me or... You, yeah, yeah. I noticed things moving around. 
uh i was trying to like fix some stuff but uh anyway we'll uh i've completely lost the the sandy cam yeah the the windows oh no it's uh unfortunately it's very unfortunate uh i will yeah we'll just keep rolling and uh it's okay because we only need audio right um so game two Game two, I think this game we can uh, spend a little bit less time on. Yeah, we're all going to disappear for a bit, so, but we'll we'll all be back. (laughs) Uh, Sorry to say. Um, Well, you might not see our beautiful faces. You still get to hear all of our wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, hit the camera. I think hitting the camera might (laughs) not do what we want it to do uh okay so game two um nox if you don't mind kind of like taking the lead here while i figure out the camera (laughs) um so uh just like the quick uh tldr of what happens so bwipo comes back in uh and ayla replaces core jj so now it's bwipo and then a hans ayla uh, bot lane, which honestly doesn't make it any more or less difficult. It's like, Ayla's still very good, and you could argue that Bwipo is, uh, you know, he's definitely better than Bradley. Um, so it's, it's a trade of some sort, but, um, I think the, the biggest part of interest here is our, uh, the Diana Yasuo picks, and then, I mean, even the bard, uh, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, how did you, how did you two feel about the Diana Yas uh, combo coming out? So, for me, I actually don't mind our draft outside of the order that we did it in. Mm. Uh, the actual comp itself is very, very good. Uh, but basically, what ends up happening is we first picked Diana. Right. Yeah. And this, that's a high interest because of the fact that we've pretty much banned Diana every game we've played in this tournament. So the one time it doesn't go banned in our games, we immediately snag it first pick blue side. So a that should signal that we have either a lot of practice on it or that we just think it's very very strong right now. One of those two things. I'm not sure which. Um, TL immediately follows up with the Zin Zhao Jinx, which okay. And then we go ahead and follow it up with the Jin and Yasuo. And so it's like, okay, very apparent at this point, we're playing for like a wombo combo comp. Like we're going for team fights, like Diana goes in, gets her ultimate off. Yasuo goes in, gets his ultimate off. And it's just everyone gets obliterated all in one go, which is, which works by the way. Like it was played earlier today in the amateur tournament. It was played earlier last week in another amateur tournament. I think it was also played by another LCS team at one point. Or, sorry, uh, it may have been LEC. There's some other major league that's played it at some point that I've seen, and it worked wonders, right? So this comp can absolutely work. Um, the problem becomes the fact that you're third-picking Yasuo, who has plenty of counters and plenty of ways to get punished. And same goes for Diana. Like, Diana's jungle clearing speed and, like, jungle control levels are not that high on the list of junglers. And so the Zin Zhao comes in, and Santorin's like, I am going to wreck your jungle, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And that is exactly what happened, basically. Um, but we can get into that more here in a second. Um, the Bard and Gwen follow-ups are absolutely fine. I have no issues with them whatsoever. Um, I actually kind of like the Bard a lot for pairing with the Jin. I think it's great. And it can also even help set up the Diana and Yasuo. 
basically like Bard hits a huge ult where everyone's grouped up in stasis. Mm -hmm. Diana walks in, ult, bam, Yasuo, bam. It's just it, one big giant wombo combo. Well, then Aphromoo is just a beast on the Bard. It's yes. a comfort pick for him. I love exactly. watching him play Bard. It is so beautiful. Like that so, man knows how to use his ult like no one else. Yes. So overall, the comp itself is fine, but the problem is just the early priority on the Yasuo. It should have been something that should have been saved for like B4 or B5 pick, in which case, I mean, if TL really wants to go out of the way to ban it, because don't get me wrong, this comp's been played in major leagues and also in amateur tournaments, but it's also not super popular. I don't know if TL's going to go out of the way to give respect to a Yasuo ban, right? Um, so I think it's something that probably should have been held on to until B4, B5. And even if it does get banned, you still have other AD options like Lucian, who I think is still a more than acceptable pick for mid lane right now. Uh, and Tukui does play it. He's had some good games on it back on the LFL. So with that said, Bjergsen uh, backs it up with LeBlanc on third pick for red side, and it's just like, oh, crap. And you get into the game, and immediately Santorin and Bjergsen are like, you have no mid lane priority. You have no jungle priority. Um, Whippo's up, up top, and I think it's probably the first time Kumo's been actually just lane gapped, period. This whole tournament mm -hmm. is unfortunate. So there was no top lane priority, and the only thing that really was going for us the entire time was the bot side, which proves my point from the last game of Jinx Recon is a terrible bot lane because we ended up getting a 2v2 kill out of it. So, But yeah. we then proceed to not really get anything else onto Johnson out of it, and so... Well, me, I, yeah, that was the frustration for me where we had a nice level one uh, in top river, got the first blood on the Jin, and then at three minutes, bot lane kills Hans. I think Afro got that kill. Yeah. Um, but, you know, very ahead, winning that lane for sure, and just nothing nothing comes of it. Um, at four I'm minutes, right. Santorin and Bwipo just kind of screw over Jose's jungle. At yeah. four minutes, Santorin comes back to mid, Afro comes to help, and it's a three for zero, double kill for Xin Zhao. And at that point, it's like, okay. That was a messy fight, too, because I don't... Well, and, and then, yeah, then by six minutes, Tukui has basically lost lane, and it, it's like, it's mm -hmm. kind of over for him. He can't really play against that LeBlanc anymore, so... So, something, and I do want to, like, point out, like, this was very well played by TL. Because basically, uh, Santorin's in the blue side top jungle, and uh, Bjerg has just gotten the lane into a perfect freeze. Mm -hmm. It is, like, right by his turret, but the turret's not firing, so it's not shoving the lane back, leaving Takui in a terrible spot. And basically, Jose goes, well, I've cleared my jungle, and Takui needs help. I have to go mid to help get this lane shoved in, so that way hits the turret and bounces back towards Takui, and the lane resets, and Takui can get a nice even lane state. Santorin goes, oh, I know exactly what you're going to do, and basically poaches him, uh, like, just right there on the edge, waiting for Jose to come in. Jose comes in to help get that shove, and immediately it's like, go. And granted, it kind of made the whole situation worse that, like, Johnson and Afro kind of straggled in late a little bit and yes. over a third kill. That was just kind of bad, period, but at least for the 2v2 mid-jungle, like, it was just perfectly played by Santorin and Beard from the setup, from the get-go. So, and that kind of honestly just goes back to draft that Yasuo cannot lane well against the LeBlanc, at least early on. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's just difficult. We couldn't really contest dragons throughout this game at all. Uh, we kind of just, like, gave them up, and, and eventually we have to fight for uh fourth one because otherwise they'll get sold yeah 
and then <laughs> that does not go and well. Then at you know, they get Soul at twenty two thirty because thirty seconds before that, Tukui died. Um, I will say, the Diana the Diana Yasuo combo did work several times, and I do want to point that out and say, hey, in term because I know I just like went on about bad timings and engages uh, in the last game. I felt mm -hmm. like this game looked better, especially when you have a combo like Diana and Yasuo, um, where, like, the entire point of it is to have a good engage. They succeeded. Like, they hit yeah. it. Now, is it, like, a really easy one to hit because it's, like, <laughs> you know, they go up in the air and then you just press R and it's done? I mean, yes, but, like, they still succeeded on it, and that was good to see an improvement from the first game. Now, um, here's... Yeah, yeah. My thing with it, though, is then the rest of the team's ability to use those good Diana Yasuo moments. And one I particularly think of, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but um, is that really rough Baron fight where it's an awesome right the, engage. Right at the end, yeah. Awesome engage from them. Um, but something that I have issue with before all this is so... Johnson's alt that entire, alts that entire game made no sense to me whatsoever because i want to say there were at least four or five alts he did that were like <clears throat> there was no fight about to happen i don't know if he was just trying to poke them off or what but ultimately he doesn't get much out of it because like there's one he opens it up and he unloads three shots onto the recon which finally pokes his shield and then he uses that fourth shot um, and it doesn't even hit. Um, and then there's another one where he only hits one shot altogether. Like, there's just a lot that I'm like, why are you alting at these times at these places? Like, and then now that the alts burned and TL knows the alts burned and they don't have to worry about that crit shot, they're able to just group up and do these team fights because they're like, all right, a decent part of Jin's kit that could screw us over is gone. And then particularly with that Baron fight, Right before that Diana Yasuo moment, he for some reason is alting the river, but he uh, too far away because they're doing the Baron, and they know they're doing the Baron, but the edge of his alt won't hit any part of the Baron pit, and um, Ayla isn't even in it. Like he's just blocking off the river, and he's too far away, and so there's no one he can possibly hit with, and it, it's so like just. Don't know what that was all about, but that was something that really made me upset while I was watching. You know what also makes me upset? Uh, losing the cameras again. Um, <laughs> I, I think at this point, uh, the cameras are done for. We'll, we'll get there eventually. I have no idea what's... Uh, they can listen to our voices. That's all I know. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue what is going on. Um, oh, hey, wait. They're back again. I... Except for you. Oh wait, there nope. we go. We're all back. Um <laughs> I'm just I'm not going to question it anymore. Uh so that was that game. Uh so O2. Uh it's over. I I think I mean to just say one final follow-up point um about that Baron fight is that we were just so far behind that even though the combo works, we just can't do enough damage before they just can turn around and blow us up. So um all right. That was uh, the FlyQuest games from this past weekend. We've got a couple quick segments uh, from here on out. First one that I want to hit 
who was the lock-in MVP for FlyQuest. Cast your votes now. Kumo, Jose, Tukui, Johnson, Aframu. Uh, based on our pre-show banter, I think I know what the answers are going to be. Gentlemen, uh, what's the what's the move? Who's the lock-in MVP for us? What's the move, you might say? What's the... <laughs> who, who might uh, chime in, uh, if you will, uh, with... This is a Golden Guardians, dude. No, it was supposed to be a bard. <laughs> supposed to be a bard joke, okay? I know, I know, I know. It's supposed to be a bard joke. Uh, Aframu, <laughs> I believe, is our lock-in MVP. 100%. Uh, in the moments that we did have great macro, in the moments that we did have great engages, Aframu really shined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to shout that out. And I think that is an encouraging sign to have veteran leadership like him on the team now. Um, um, so I was going to say, Road brings up a good point of what CoreJJ tweeted about <laughs> yeah. Afro. Yeah. Uh, about how Han Sama has never felt the same pressure as Afro Muon Bar in the LEC. Yeah. And tweeted he, in four different languages, too. It's crazy. <laughs> I think they translated it to Turkish as well at one point. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, but Afro's MVP. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if either of you have any further things you want to say about that. I mean, just like like you said, when our macro was on point, he was just always shining. Um, and like even particularly on the barn, um, like as an individual player, not just as a team player, he's able to utilize Bard's kit to like set up his set up Johnson well. Uh, or his teammates in general, and then even if he's doing like some sneaky deep warding, or maybe he's in a position where most supports would get caught up, he's able to perfectly like get out of there with a magical journey. He just he knows how to maximize his kit on Bard, and then just overall, I think he's got a really good understanding of when to go in and to have the guts and when to commit. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh. So, things uh, were not much better for the Academy team this past week. Uh, two O two 2 defeats. Uh, I don't think any of us really had a chance to watch much of the Academy team. Um, but what I do want to say here is it's still very early. This was literally week one of Academy. Um, brand new team brand new players in some instances i'm not going to start panicking i'm not about to throw in the towel and be like this team is a wash these players are bad it's about developing these players it's about building these players up making them better getting the next generation of north american talent on board so yeah we'll have to keep watching we'll definitely be tuning in uh to see how they do i don't know if you guys have anything you want to say about 04 academy start i mean nux i don't know about you but for me even though it was like kind of rough and i didn't feel like we were all together um, i think it's just something to kind of be expected from a bunch of young players playing together for the first time with like the oldest uh on the squad being tomo and diamond and they still you know obviously have some to work on but 
Um, personally, I was also really happy with Tomo showing because he definitely looked really good, just as good as I remember him last season. Um, and Philip, Yuji, and Spearx had their moments. And so I think they just need to work with um, their coaching staff on how to like utilize their skills together and become more of a team. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Knox. No, I, I, I would agree. <laughs> I think overall, um, from the game and a half that I saw, basically, because I was like, what? I forget which game it was I was watching, but one of the games that worked was like, work got busy. And I was like, okay, I can't watch anymore. Um, but from the game and a half that I saw, it was just lots of unchecked aggression, which I'm okay with, especially for like early, early on in the season. And it's like these brand new amateur players that are coming up or not even amateur, like collegiate players, right? Um, you got these like just lots of unchecked aggression. It is far easier to tone down the aggression than it is to teach a player to be aggressive. So that's already a good start for me. That's a good baseline, um, especially because for me, it was like, we didn't really have any VODs of Yuji at all. And then Spearax had some, but I mean, it were a lot, a lot, right? So for me, seeing the, like, just lots and lots of aggression, and there were moments where they even had leads in the game, but then they kind of threw it away by like, oh, well, let's go for more, let's punish them even more, and just not really kind of taking account of the other team. I'm fine with it. I'm cool with it. Um, hopefully they continue to dial it down just a little bit, little by little over the course of the coming weeks, and they can work on their timings a little bit more and working on like working as a team and actually taking account of the other team's cooldowns and positioning. And I think over time, they'll probably start to shape it to be something good. I'm not expecting really anything this split. I think probably maybe at the end of summer, they'll probably start making their way up the rankings. So I, there's probably going to be some ugly games in the future from these guys, but I, I, I have a lot of patience for them because the thing is that I, I, I have a lot of faith in their baseline. Yeah, I think that's uh, uh, good. All right, uh, final segment. Well, second, kind of second to last, but they're mm -hmm. both pretty small segments, I think. Uh, what is the vibe? What like what's the what's the feeling? So I think next week we'll be doing a bit more of like a spring preview. You know, now that we've got all the data from the various teams. Maybe some power rankings, you know, those are always fun to do. Um, but, like, what's – I, for one, I don't know – in terms of a, like, do I feel better, worse, or the same, I think I feel, like, mostly the same but slightly better. Um, like, if it's, like a, like, a notch to the left on, like, more optimistic – or a, a notch to the to the right. Yeah, notch to the right <laughs> on uh, feeling more optimistic uh, about the LCS team. Um, I think, unlike last year, where if we won, it kind of felt a bit like a miracle at times. Um, the t the games that we won in lock in looked really good. And if we can convert that to a level of consistency instead of the inconsistency that we saw over the last two weeks, I think there's some good ceiling available uh, for this team. And I think the floor also gets raised for this team. So I'm feeling slightly more optimistic. Uh, Curly, mm -hmm. how are you? What's your vibe? What's the flight check? 
what's the mood check for for Curly about this team right now? I'm critically optimistic because I, like you said, I see a way for like our floor to rise. I see the way we can go farther than expected. I can see us. <clears throat> Def, like this is going to be kind of a Hail Mary, but I could see us if we really get on top of our stuff, performing at a top six level, and if we perform above expectations, even top four. And granted, that's like really getting our stuff together. But we have to do a lot of ironing out. Like, we might want the dry cleaners get that shit permanently <laughs> pressed. Um, like, we have a lot of work to do to get to that point um because there are a lot of glaring issues but um the thing that makes me more hopeful um isn't just the performance uh, particularly from sunday um but it, I, I go back to our interview with sharks and nick um that i trust that the coaching staff will be able to take these two weeks i believe we have to really figure out, all right, how do we make sure we're using our alts effectively? How do we make sure we are coordinating our time? How do we make sure we keep control of the river, et cetera, et cetera, you know? And as long as we do that, I do see a world where we reach that top six and make both uh, spring and summer playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Knox, uh, how are you feeling? Okay, pessimistic Knox is coming out. I'm sorry. Oh baby, it's got to happen after after our showing on Saturday. I understand. Um, so let's look at the group stage first. Mm -hmm. We played a TSM Academy and lost. We played a Golden Guardians Academy, and it was a fairly even game that we did win. Um, we played a Cloud Nine Academy and lost. What hybrid? Cloud Nine, whatever. Um, and then we played 100 Thieves, who I think it's becoming a little apparent that they're kind of all over the place right now, right? Yeah, maybe they're um, not as good as everyone thought they would be. And don't get me wrong, that 100 Thieves game, FlyQuest played well. That is the best game they have played so far this season. The fundamentals were there, the timings were there. That was a good game from FlyQuest. But at the same time, I don't think 100 Thieves gave the full pushback that they could have offered that they normally do. With that said, then you go look at the Team Liquid series that we just had, and it becomes very apparent that even with a roster that has not been solidified yet, when you bring world-class talent like Hansama and Core JJ together, along with uh, Bjergsen and Santorin, like, it is a huge uphill battle. And even with Bradley. Bradley looked good in that match, too, in my he did. Um, and then you swap him out, you bring Whippo in, another world-class talent. You bring Ayla in, who, looking like a very solid support, it doesn't really change all that much. At the end of the day, like, I'm not expecting to be competing for Worlds this year or anything like that, but, like, you've got to show a little more uh, resistance to teams like that, even if you end up losing. The games this weekend weren't, like, stomp-stomps, but, like, it was pretty much over pretty quickly. I mean, I, don't have... I would call the second Team Liquid game a bit of a stomp. Oh, well. very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah. E either way, just I think I'm not expecting much right now. I'm hoping the guys can slowly figure it out little by little, hopefully. I will say at least 
lane by lane wise, I think we look better, but holy hell, we have got to get the coordination together. Yeah. Which the one upside, the silver lining that I will lay out for everyone is that that was the one thing Nick said he built this team around was the ability to be able to coordinate and play together as a team. So hopefully that's what happens and they click eventually, but it is not right now. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm not looking, I'm not feeling very confident, hope, hoping to be proven wrong in the coming weeks. Fair enough. All right, it's time for the Smash update real quick. Real quick. Real quick, uh, and then we're closing mm-hmm. out the show. Uh, not much to say. Uh, Genesis has been postponed, I believe, till April. Uh, in the meantime, I believe uh, Ludwig Ogren, notorious YouTube streamer now, uh, is throwing a pretty decently sized uh, Smash Melee tournament. Uh, I think details are on his Twitter profile. I think Kodoran will be playing if you want to uh, see what Kodoran's up to. It's Kodoran SSB on Twitter. Uh, K-O-D-O-R-I-N SSB. Uh, I believe he's also doing some like local tournaments. I think he won a local tournament recently um, the other day, which is great to see. He's still very, very good. We know that. Uh, but yes, Genesis postponed till April. Uh, watch out for that Ludwig tournament. Uh, which Kodorn should be playing in, which is, is. very excellent. Uh, before we close out the show, want to thank Road Roller for giving out another five community sub, f- another five gifted subs from Road Roller. Uh, thank you very much, our our good friend of the show, uh, Mr. Road. Uh, we appreciate everything you do. Uh, may uh, Tim Kench not haunt your dreams tonight. Uh, uh, thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of flight check Uh, obviously we will still be following uh, LCS lock-in action this weekend as semis and finals uh, come to a close Uh, so you can be sure to follow us on twitter for all of our instant reactions and thoughts you can catch the show at flight check crew myself at santos db nox at nox war with two r's and curly at curly underscore double q underscore uh make sure to hop into our discord as well there should be some links uh in the chat from various times where all kinds of esports discussion and otherwise takes place and like i said earlier if you missed any part of this episode the vod will be up on youtube uh tonight or tomorrow morning and the audio version of this episode should go up on spotify overcast breaker google podcasts other various uh, audio platforms either tomorrow or Wednesday. If you're listening to that right now and would like to catch this show live, we broadcast the episode every Monday night, pretty much every Monday night, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time right here at twitch.tv slash flightcheckcrew. Knox, uh, any final words, shoutouts, plugs before we wrap up? Go watch Proving Ground Qualifiers. I'm going to be refing tomorrow night. I don't know which team yet because matches are still being played because it'll be quarterfinals. Um, also, fun fact is I'm allowed to referee the grand finals of Proving Ground Qualifiers, mm-hmm. so I'm actually very hyped about that. Nice. Very nice. Um, outside of that, go watch Under Talk Pod. Uh, 
they may be having a bit of a depressy spaghetti podcast. So depressy spaghetti. <clears throat> and you want to be down in the dumps some more along with us? Go watch them and go support them tonight as well. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me tell you what the went from Cole. <clears throat> oh boy, huh, Jordan. Uh, did a hundred thieves play this weekend, or was it just LA thieves? Right? Uh, oh, uh, oh you, you know, Cole, it was uh, it, it it was just LA thieves. I think I don't think the LA yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, so talk trios happening now. Yeah, yeah. We're just skipping uh, hundred talk and going straight to uh, yeah, going straight to uh, going straight to. No, but all seriousness, uh, hundred thieves this weekend not looking good. Dropping two yeah. games to dignity. Anyway enough of that you'll get it in 20 minutes yep <laughs> that's we actually just stole their script for their opening uh curly mm -hmm. uh how about you uh any shout outs plugs notes before we a couple good shout outs yeah uh shout out to Knox for swinging by my vod review earlier as well when else you swung by uh really enjoyed it i've been it's fun for me like last week was a little rough today felt very good about it um and i'm gonna keep that going forward throughout the split when we play games uh, also, shout out to Isa on the fly cord. He tagged me um, on Twitter. I, I don't remember who it was, but like someone said something about like, "Hey, tag your favorite broadcasters or like league cre uh, content creators, um, like casters or whatever." And they tagged me, so I was like, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much!" So who knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe we'll get somewhere off of that. Um, yeah, I think those are a couple of my shout outs for the week. Sweet. Uh, my one shout-out, uh, on Hotline League tonight, I believe, uh, LaTigris, Gabby, uh, from the LCS broadcast is going to be the guest, so please be sure to go there and support her, because we love having, uh, women in the esports scene, and we want to see more of it, uh, so be sure to, you know, let the broadcast know that you want more of that, and also, more Mark Z. Uh, bring back free Mark Z from uh, Riot Jail. Um, <laughs> you know, just uh, give us more Mark Z. Uh, we will be back. Part of it actually, like, he's been on more content lately since he's. It's not really funny guy, it, so... how like he kind of has been on more content recently, but uh, you know, I'm sure that'll like regress at some point. Uh, we'll be back next week to review the end of lock-in and do a preview of the spring LCS season, so be sure to come back next week for that. But for now, stay safe out there. Do not forget to hit the head on the nail, and we will see you all very, very soon. Adios! Have a good one, guys. Peace, y'all. <laughs>